As we enter into the final lap, it's time to do our yearly review. Welcome, fellow travelers, to the Gaius Sanctorum. This is the Order of the Midnight Roller podcast. We are your guides, Jameson and Scully. And join us today as we go through all the wonderful things that happened in the year 2020. Welcome, fellow travelers, to this week's episode. So, needless to say, it's been a tough year. That's one way of putting it. Uh, but there's been some good, there's been some bad, and there's been some pretty obnoxious things that have happened in this year. I mean, that pretty much sums up 2020. 20 in <laughs> one out of five stars would not recommend. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, needless to say, everyone, yeah. or I guess I should say almost everyone has had a pretty rough go this year. Yeah, no, that's saying something. And we're going to try to go back and look at some of the positives Yeah, of the year. Um, I would say so. We're going to try to steer away from... I mean, we, we all know... The, one of the big things with 2020 is the entire year is one gigantic conspiracy. Pretty much. And I love the... I think I said If you, you know the, what's going on, is it a conspiracy anymore? Well, I mean, because... <laughs> I mean... Well, it's still considered a conspiracy because the mainstream, put that in quotations... Large air media, media is still saying that you know, everything's fine and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to get into the political aspect of it. But nothing's but fine. It's it's become a giant joke at this point. Pretty much. So we're going to go through some of the things we enjoyed this year. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, what was... I mean, let's how? just start from the beginning of our year. We went to C2E2 this year. We did go to C2E2. Uh, that's probably the biggest positive of our year. Is that was all, We had fun. We had we, fun. we had a lot of fun before everything shut down this year, mm-hmm. and we were sequestered at home, yeah, uh, to work and to also live. Mm-hmm. Like we self imprisoned ourselves. We yeah. actually got to have fun. We actually got to go out and be around people and have a good time for a weekend, mm-hmm. be with our people. Now, I actually do think that there weren't as many people this year. No, even though due it was to the fact that there are so many things going on. Yeah, and I mean Chicago is a huge hub yes. internationally. Uh, absolutely. So I do think that did scare a lot of people away. Because uh, but... I remember, like, there was a big scare. Like, it was still overseas. The, the, mm-hmm. the virus was still overseas. And we're all like, well, you know, make sure to wash your hands and, Mm -hmm. you know, just getting on that basis of like things are a twinge of crazy. Not not like full on like it is now. Like Mm -hmm. nobody was wearing masks yet. Uh, Nobody was wearing like gloves or anything. Things were still loose and fancy free for for the most part. But it was in the air. It definitely no pun intended. Whoops. Too soon. Too soon. Um, no. It was... It, it was... I don't know really how to explain it. You hit it on the head because we all were conscious of this thing going yes. on. Yes. Um, and we were a little nervous because, I mean, people travel from all over Everywhere. to C2E2. Right. And even though we were just kind of living life, it, it still was a danger. Yeah, but ironically, the back of our minds, ironically, two weeks after that, legitimately two weeks after yeah. that, we got a notification that, you know, all travel had stopped from Asia. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. After that, it, the the stuff literally hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Literally. It was matter of we got back what, two weeks later. Mm-hmm. They were talking about it was it was little. It was literally two weeks later because I remember we had a. At my job, the regional had come for her, right. like, bi-monthly busy. And I made the comment, um, because I got a notification on my phone, that uh, about something that the president, well, what did the president say? Right. And I said, well, oh, shit, they shut down all travel to Overseas. Asia. Yeah. Or Asia. It was yeah. it was Asia at the time. Before they and then all, the all week, the next week, we actually shut down. Yep. For I remember three that months. Yeah, because I was I was just moving from in office mm-hmm. to home to homework. 
Yeah. Yeah. But like we got to like, unlike a lot of people that year or this year, mm-hmm. we actually got to go to a, a co- to a convention, have we fun. Were the, we were meet, one of the lucky few. One of the lucky few got to meet our favorite people, got mm-hmm. to have a good time, sit in a restaurant. <laughs> I have to say that is one thing I do miss is just chilling at a restaurant. Just going to a restaurant and not worrying. Like we didn't have to like eat real quick and get out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I would say that's my biggest happy for the year. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest happy is that I got to, to travel to a convention. Cause we were planning on going to like, well, we were planning to go to uh Gen Con too. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, next year. Hopefully next year it'll be interesting. I don't know. Man, they're gonna be packed if I, everything is let up and we're good. Man, every convention is gonna be like insane. I think C two E two will be okay because yeah. of. I mean, I think it's gonna be like super packed. Uh, super packed. Like, uh, you're gonna have to need a weekend and go and get your stuff done early. <laughs> however, personally, I would not go to um, San Diego, no. New York. No. Even Gen Con would probably be a little iffy, in, in my opinion, just because the mass amount of yeah. people. I would say the mid-range cons, like C2E2, Dragon mm-hmm. Con, like Colossal yeah. Con, things like that, those are going to be nice because they're mid-range cons. They're big, but they're Emerald not. Emerald City is going to be huge. Emerald City, because of what happened this year, Emerald mm-hmm. City is going to be insane. And, Insane. And definitely make sure to support your favorite artists when Please you go. Please do. They're hurting right now. They're hurting horribly right now yes. because and, and i don't know that they got refunds for their i booths. would doubt that they did they probably i'm just, hoping i'm it ho- just probably spilled it. over till next year i'm hoping i'm hoping that that's what happened they're like well you know we can't can't refund you for your whatever but how mm. you promised the space next year yeah that's which definitely doesn't help them this year no not at all so we're going to move on to Probably the industry that's been hit the hardest this year. Well, I don't know. Would you consider the movie industry one that's hit the hardest? Or would you say retail's been hit the hardest? They're tied? Yeah. Because retail... See, retail... Because with the movie industry, they could still... They're technically still working. It's just like movie theaters Mm -hmm. are a no-go right now. So, like, thanks to things like streaming, where they can Mm -hmm. release these things. Yeah. So, they still have business in ways they can still get paid retail though retail no. moves solely online it's it's moved solely online there's no brick and mortar anymore really mm-hmm. and whatever is brick and mortar depending on the state and the tier of mitigation you're mm-hmm. in you may be able to go into a place but well, i mean and like you know, live action retail no right <laughs> so we're gonna go over probably one of the more controversial movies of the year because it went directly to streaming. Yes. And that is Mulan. Yes. I liked it. I have my issues. I mean, it was entertaining. So I feel like they kind of gave it the frozen treatment. Yeah. So I I can see what you're saying. And the biggest problem that I have is they kind of missed the, they miss the overall story of Mulan. The mm. overall, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't even think of it. <laughs> the overall point of Mulan. Yeah, I guess so. Because she went and fought for her father. Her right. father could not fight anymore. Well, then they throw in this stupid, and this is going to contain spoilers. So I guess uh, if you haven't seen it. By now. By now. Um, Stop what you're doing. Stop listening to us and go watch it. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend watching it personally. But um, they gave her the quote-unquote magical powers Uh, that were supposed to have key. But then they added the very misogynistic part where only men should show the use of key. Yeah, I I remember that. So it really kind of pushed a feminist aspect but not in a good way, in my opinion. Yeah, I can see that. However, I question a lot of the movies right now. I'm questioning whether it wasn't written one way and then edited a different way. Yeah, because 
the editor has a lot to do with mm-hmm. the, the feel of a movie. And I think a lot of people don't realize how important editors are. How important editors are because they really, they take all of this raw footage mm-hmm. that you just think, and they're the ones who slap the story together. Yeah. So they really can do whatever they want mm-hmm. or whatever they're told to do. Yeah. So like it could have been filmed one way and written one way, but once it got to the editor, they were like, you need to do it this way. Because I honestly think that's what happened with The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. I definitely think it was written as a different movie and Mm. then edited completely different. I mean, there was a story that I read about a writer-director who had an entirely different... like view of the movie and like the way he wanted it to go and it was supposed to be incredibly dark mm-hmm. and to do with more with like lightsabers and like battling and like all this other stuff that well, that, that was really the rise of skywalker yeah like, they were supposed to that was a completely different movie to a completely different movie and i'm just like that's not what they gave us yeah because with the rise of skywalker <laughs> it has come like... out that they actually like when they filmed these things, yeah. like the the scenes that they filmed, a lot of them weren't in the movie. No, like and are we are, are you saying we need a Snyder cut of? <laughs> well, actually, there's rumor that they might be doing a George Lucas cut. Oh, I would, oh, that'd be fine. I would be fine with that. I would be very okay with that. It has been rumored. It has not been confirmed, as far as I know. No, would we're it be better do... or just a little crazier because George Lucas is a little well. <laughs> Who knows? But um, we'll be doing a full Star Wars, Wars episode. Episode. Um, <laughs> episode 9,643. Yes. I don't know. Um, what movies did you watch this year that we haven't talked about? I mean, one second. I think that we've basically... Every we have a lot of episodes that we've talked about all of our favorite like B movie horror trash, mm-hmm. and I don't have we talked about like like some of our more serious movies that we've watched. I don't think so, like Us or anything like that. I think we have not talked about Us. Okay, that honestly for me is one of the biggest movies this year because mm-hmm. it's it's poignant. Well. It, in a weird conspiratorial sort of way. It, it definitely hits the nail on the head when it comes to It hit a little too close to home. Because there is a big conspiracy that underneath the ground are these huge, I'm going to say labyrinths. I would say lab, tunnels, labyrinths, cities, whatever you want to call them. And that a lot of people have heard of the mole people, but we don't know if they're like actually like like mutated humans or, or if they're just, just like us. Yeah, and they're just living their mm-hmm. lives underneath like vault dwellers from yeah. Fallout. So, I mean, there's that. And then you also have the lizard people that live yeah. underground. Oh, which is, you know, Doctor Who definitely hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah, I, I, I question that one. Um, and there's also rumored of giants. That yeah, you live were saying that today, like, um, which just makes me think of like other things that have mentioned giants this year. And well, like... yeah. And the reason why I I brought up the giants was uh, for those who don't really know me, I'm a very spiritual person, and I got a weird, um, I'll just call it a download because I don't really know what else to call it about giants actually being real. And I don't know where that's going to go with any knowledge that I have. Who but knows? Watch something who come knows? out eventually. Like I mean, you know, there's, there's been rumors of people finding like giant skeletons, especially in um, Asia and yeah. in the Mesopotamian area. Sounds about right. So, and you do have documents of the Nephilim in the Bible and even um, Sumerian texts talk about giants yeah so i mean who, who knows? knows but yeah no us is is very poignant it, it it hits on a lot of things that we're all thinking mm-hmm. but also it hits on those fears like facing yourself mm-hmm. is that your worst nightmare it's not all this other stuff it's really just you yeah is your worst nightmare 
Like, but what if they're you know, not you facing your dark side, facing your your nega side? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everything that isn't you in that person manifested, mm-hmm. and now you have to fight it. But then the twist of spoilers again. If you haven't seen this movie, we suggest seeing it. It's probably top ten this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if the twist is is that the one that you believe that is you isn't really you? There's a lot that goes on to this movie, and one of the things I do really like is they really hint at government experimentations. Oh, hardcore. And yes, and then more... them just abandoning them, them their, their yeah. experiments. Like, oh, well, that didn't work. Well, fuck it. Just yeah. leave them. They'll um, die eventually. Yeah, and as we know from many, many, <laughs> many movies, ironically, the cup you're drinking, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Um, life finds a way. Dr. Ian Malcolm, Life Finds a Way, absolutely. So, th- definitely a I wonderful mean, what's, movie. What's the the, the, the quote? It's, uh, scientists were too worried uh, if they could and not if they should. Well, that's like all science ever, but ever. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I have a lot to say about um, the scientific community right now, unfortunately. But, I mean, that's, I mean, there's that color of space is another big one for me this year. Yeah, but that came out last year. Yeah, but we watched it this year. We did watch it this year. But yes. we watched it because Tony hadn't seen it. Yeah, but it's such a good movie. It is a good movie. I mean, one there's another one by those people from with Joe Magnamilla that's coming out, too. Where he plays like a... Yes. It, it just came out. I haven't seen it yet, but it just came has out. Has it come out yet? Yeah. No, it has come out. Oh. It came out th- like last month or something like that, and I haven't watched it yet. But it's, I got to find it. It's probably like a voodoo or something like that. Hmm. Or HBO. I wouldn't be surprised. That's where everything's going right now. Yeah. Um, another, but, another um, on the same vein, when it comes to horror movies, one of my favorites, and I know you didn't really like it, but Midsommar. Okay. So here's the thing. It's not that I didn't like it. It is one of those movies that made my skin crawl. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it did its job. Yes. It did its job, and I don't like it because it's not a good movie. It is cinematically amazing. It is, it is an it, amazing movie. It is written, it is beautifully written and directed and acted. It is just one of those movies that makes me so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It is so uncomfortable. Like an uneasy feeling that like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. That's probably why I don't. It's the same way that Tusk makes me feel. Like, okay. It's a great movie, cinematically wonderful. Kevin Smith does a great job writing it, but he does his job. It makes me feel, it makes my skin crawl. Yeah. So the one <sighs> thing with Midsommar that they really, really hit the nail on the head is kind of the, one, the isolation. Yes. Which is huge. It kind of reminded me in that way of, um, I think it's called The Abyss. I think it is The Abyss you're talking about. Yes. The, the one where they... With Ed, Ed, um, the one where they go cave draw, um, cave diving, yes. and then they get stuck. Yeah, yeah, spelunking. <laughs> um, so it has that isolation. Yeah, it has the cultish aspect of it, which unfortunately in America we're seeing a lot of right now. Yes, um, and it definitely brings that to light. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just brings all of those like horrible fears. And brings them to the forefront. Honestly, that's probably what makes me mm-hmm. so uncomfortable is that it's it's projecting all of the things that they know make people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, they're shoving it in your face. Like, yeah. th- we know that this is really what's going on. It's going to make you uncomfortable, but we're going to put it into an entertainment format for you. Yeah. But it definitely has... It's awesome. It definitely has um, Apostle would be another one that's in the yeah, same vein. Yeah. Um, not nearly Is as Is that the one creepy. with the guy from... Uh, yeah, it's the one with... Um, oh, crap. Yeah, it's the guy from uh, Good Omens in it as the head of the... He's, they're on the island. Yeah, it has... Um, very Call of Cthulhu vibes in that movie. Very, very Call uh, of Cthulhu. Dan Stevens yeah. and... I see his name. I can't think of Mike, the uh, name. Michael Sheen. Yes, Michael Sheen, thank Michael you. Michael Sheen. It has very Call of Cthulhu vibes. It definitely has a, a very Lovecraftian well, I would, vibe. Yeah, very Lovecraftian because it's not Cthulhu, but mm-hmm. more like that like Elder God weirdness, mm-hmm. like Gaia kind of thing going on for yeah. it. And, and 
it does have that mm-hmm. same, both movies have that same like culty, mm-hmm. you're going to be safe. It's got to be wonderful. And then you're like, it's not wonderful. Well, the one thing that I like about both of those, more so Midsommar than um, Apostle, is the use of the undertones. Yes. You know how horror movies use the that one vibration that, induce, mm. that induces um, anxiety. Yeah. They use it in a way that heightens the movie. And it wasn't like there's another movie that I tried to watch this year that literally I could tell that they were using that frequency. Oh, it gave you anxiety. And I literally had a panic attack and the movie was not that good. I mean like Color uh, Color Space does the same thing. That's the first Color one. Color of Space well Color of Space <clears throat> doesn't really use that frequency, but they use sound in a very uh unique way. Yeah, that does almost the same thing. Those producers. They they did they really know what they what they're doing yeah. although you know another movie that really did that quite well um oh it has emily blunt in it um quiet space oh yes the one with uh jim from the office yes yes that's a great movie <laughs> although i think they're doing a sequel yes, or are, a prequel no, to that one they're doing a sequel okay so john i forgot how to pronounce his last mm-hmm. name he wrote and directed that movie mm-hmm. uh, and started it. But yeah, he's writing a sequel to that. Okay. So that's coming out, supposedly supposed mm-hmm. to be coming out the next year or so. So, Well, who knows with who knows? COVID. Yeah, COVID. So another thing that... Um, I'm waiting for a movie just called COVID to come out. <laughs> it's just going to be two hours of somebody just walking around their house, working from home, in their pajamas, getting things through. Actually. I That would be so nerve because of right now because we're all living that actually i i have i have a movie idea okay so it's an entire apartment complex Uh it's during a lockdown and there is a murderer who's on the loose and gets into the apartment building and they're all in quarantine and they're all in quarantine quarantine. they They can't can't leave leave. oh my i would watch that i would watch that and i guarantee somebody out there's writing that right now i mean just think about how what you could do povs of people's mm-hmm. like apartments like mm-hmm. and especially with the digital age i mean you have webca- um, someone oh my God. hacking web oh, cameras wait a minute. Alexa. It could be, i mean it should be shot from the views of people's electronics in their mm-hmm. homes so like they're like xbox cameras and their mm-hmm. computer cameras and they're all the all the sound is coming from their like google homes and their alexas mm-hmm and they're like security. Oh my god, that would. Make oh, they me... they kind of did something like that with I think it was a movie is called Unfriended. I've never even seen. I didn't even know that was a a movie. Yeah, okay. it's it's weird. I had no desire to see it. Although one thing on that. the lighter note, mm-hmm. um, we're not lying. with the <laughs> with the first shutdown. I rediscovered all of the things I loved as a child. Yeah. So I have watched every single Star Wars movie multiple times this year. Because that's easy. I mean, you can sit down and watch all three of those. Well, the one thing. Or did you watch all six or all three? Or the first three? I've watched all nine. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Well, but here's the thing. One of the big things is I have a stronger appreciation for the prequel trilogies. Um, the main thing is as someone who studies, um, fashion Mm. and, uh, one of the big things I did this year, side note is I learned a lot about period clothing and, uh, I taught myself how to embroider, which went along with the period clothing. Right. Um, which could help you here, son. It definitely could. Hopefully not on wood. Um, but I noticed the difference in the costuming immediately Mm -hmm. so the one thing with the prequel trilogies is it kind of mimics the high renaissance so you have these very very lavish over-the-top things you see that definitely in queen amadala's outfits which her classic red outfit i don't remember the exact amount however like it was probably close to a hundred thousand dollars if not more to make that one outfit holy shit and not only that but when she's walking those weird little um like dome things on her dress those lit up really so she had car batteries that she would walk around with 
And then there's like actually in, a, on her, like somebody behind her, like trailing. Well, there's actually a scene. If you watch really carefully, they didn't take out the power cord going to the dress. Oh my god! <laughs> well, this um, was in this is in two thousand, right? That was ninety nine. So yeah, like we didn't even have the technology for for tiny, powerful batteries to be put no. into clothing yet. So that you would have to have something yeah, like that. So I mean, there's the one scene I. I That's don't know. hilarious. I'll have to watch it again just to see that. Well, I think they took it out. Um, oh, finally? They finally, finally digitally, um, yeah. Because I don't recall seeing it, but the one big thing was the the whole set and everything really hearkening to the high renaissance. Right. And because people were like, well, they don't even feel like the same universe. No. Well, the one argument I have is you have the the glory days mm-hmm. where you can do the frivolous spending yeah pretty much and then you kind of i i use ancient rome as an example I, yes so that's... you have the gilded <laughs> chariots and all that well once the uh republic fell you go more t- utilitarian yes. so things aren't, as, comes back. aren't yes. as flashy uh-huh. so you don't have the shiny ships you have the more utilitarian yeah once uh what's his name becomes uh, the Palpatine. dark Palpatine becomes, you know, mm-hmm. all powerful Sith Lord. Things get a little gothy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, from reds to black. <laughs> so that was kind of the big thing, and I rambled a little bit more on about that than I probably should it's have. Okay. But um, because I have a lot more theories when it comes to Star Wars, right. which, as I said, we will be we'll discussing do a whole episode because we have episode. a lot of things. Um, going into TV, of course, we have The Mandalorian. Speaking of Star Wars, I mean... Keeping on the same vein. Uh, absolutely amazing. I mean, it rekindled my love for everything Star Wars. The ending, which we're not going to really talk about. Because well, we'll save that we'll for We'll save our, that for the other uh, video. Episode. But, huh. It was, for those of us who have grown up with Star Wars... <laughs> It was almost a tearjerker. It was almost a Mm tearjerker. That last scene, and he turns his head, Mm -hmm. and you're like, no. You're like, oh. Yeah. So That that last scene was just like, I'm trying to eat soup. Like, I'm going to start crying into my food. (laughs) Yeah, it it was was Um, powerful. Very powerful. Uh, John Favreau knows what he's doing. Mm Mm-hmm. A hundred percent on that. Uh, as far as television shows for me, I've watched some anime this year. Oh, really? Like Blood of Zeus, which is on Netflix. I wouldn't consider that anime particularly. I mean, but that's definitely animated. Adult animation. Adult animation. Uh, it's not... on the veins of Castlevania because it's by the same people, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Man, I didn't think I was going to like it because I'm not generally much of a like God mythosy kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, I've not finished Blood of Zeus, but it was what I have seen was amazing. It's really, I mean, I love Castlevania. So I kind mm-hmm. of, when somebody was like, oh, it's by the people who do Castlevania. It's, so I was like, oh, I, I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I, I'm already ready for a second season. Yeah. Like, I know we're going to get a Castlevania before then. Mm-hmm. But like, man, I'm ready for a second season of, of Blood yeah. of Zeus. Well, speaking of Castlevania, I actually finally got to watch the third season of Castlevania. Is there three seasons or two seasons? I thought there were only two. I thought there were three. I like what they did with um, Alucard, giving him a little bit more personality. I was about to say, giving him a little more backstory, giving him a little more personality. The whole thing where he's like, they show him like what happened, where Mm -hmm. he's living in the castle and like the time lapse and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, how long have you been doing this? Yeah, I like the fact he was quote unquote training vampire hunters. Yes. That I thought was interesting. Um, what happened afterwards was yeah. interesting. Oh, the two? Uh-huh. Yeah, that was very interesting. I like though I, I like this company who's doing this because they're pushing they're pushing the limits. Although I'm not a huge fan of how they portrayed Camilla. Yeah. I think they could have done better with her. I love her character design. I just think they kind of made her bitchy for no reason. Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, there's like, always going to be that one character. Yeah, because like I, the one, the one character 
I think, portrays that powerful, um, deviant woman the best mm-hmm. is Lana Peria in Once Upon a Time as the Evil Queen. Oh, man. I think she... She is so... I, I love... I I love I love her character so much. I love what they did with her, yeah, and what she did with her, uh, with with that character. So when I see people do things to Carmilla, I think I said Camilla at first. Carmilla, mm-hmm. um, when they kind of just make her this arrogant bitchy woman it they're not doing it right. They're not doing the character justice, especially. Honestly, I love when if, she became the bartender. That's my favorite version of her. Oh, in Once, yeah, upon a time. Once Upon a Time. Like when she comes because the bartender, like, this is perfect. This is that, perfect. That was, <laughs> that was a very interesting twist. No, but I mean, you see what I mean? Yes. Where you're talking about a strong female character. Yes. And then you you want this like strong villainess character. And then you just make her. And then you just out. make her like, yeah, she's powerful. Yeah, she's deviant. But she's just kind of a, a bitch. For no reason. Right. There's no, like, there's no, there's no reason I mean, behind it i mean don't get me wrong if i was a vampire that lived you know hundreds if not thousands of years yeah like yeah i'd probably be super bitchy too so true but i mean i just <clears throat> having that character in my mind you know the evil queen mm. and then seeing what a character like that could be yes i i just don't think that they hit the mark when it came to carmilla so speaking of uh once upon a time mm-hmm. um so I started watching. So I love Stargate, like the original movie in '94 mm-hmm. with with all of them with James Spader and uh, um, Snake Plissken. His name is escaping me at the moment. Uh, after watching Blood of Zeus, I was like, I need something like space related. I haven't watched something spacey in a while. And mm-hmm. my one friend was like, Hey, you should have you watched Stargate universe. And I was like, well, I really don't want, I heard Stargate's like really it's long and it's kind of like, it's just, I'm not really into that. You guys no, no, listen, this, this show it's on its own. It has very little to do with like the Stargates itself and more about space travel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fine, cool. He's like, you're going to love the cast. I was like, Oh, Okay. Cool. Whatever. So I started watching it. Main character, who is Mr. Gould. Oh, okay. And I was like, the whole time, every time he comes on the screen, he's like, well, I can't do that. All I want to say, comes with a price, dearie. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, every time he's on, I'm just like, oh, it's so perfect. I want to see that. I need a Mr. Gould and Nick... Nick Rush crossover <laughs> because he does all these favors for mm-hmm. all the, the people on the ship. And I'm just like, oh, when is he going to say it comes with a price, dearie? That's all I want to hear. But it's it's the most perfect space drama. I mean, un, besides Battlestar Galactica, the new one, not the one from the 70s, mm-hmm. it's it gives you like a lot of the like high, 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 like happies, but like hits you with those like low like low like gut punches like what you expect something with that Mm -hmm. is a great sci-fi drama to give Mm you very doctor who where you can laugh and cry in the Mm -hmm. same episode okay and i think i feel like i needed that i needed something that was going to take me out of my Mm -hmm. out of where i am like i needed something that's going to be i was like space is the only place that yeah. is going to f- make me feel like I'm not here. It's something totally different. Mm-hmm. And it speaks to me because it's like this main, this one character who solves a puddle, puzzle on a video game mm-hmm. gets transported, gets a job with the Air Force with the Stargate. Okay. And they're like, oh, well, you, you decoded this thing and now you get to work work on a spaceship. And they're like, his mundane life gets turned upside down. And I'm like, oh, I totally need that. I need, nice. I need something that is going to make me feel like, oh, mundane life now turned unexpected and is doing all this crazy stuff. Mm. So I think that's one of the, th- the shows this year that is really making me happy. Speaking of, you know, Space turning mun- mundane life upside down, going back to, as I said, discovering all the things I loved as a child, mm-hmm. I have currently watched so many seasons of the power rangers <laughs> power rangers are hot right now power rangers are really hot right now real hot right now like everything is so i watched from uh mighty morphin all the way through 
Power Rangers Lost Galaxy is where I'm at right now. I completely skipped Turbo because I did not like it as well, a child. We, we watched, we've watched also the the original movie and we, we watched watch the, and Turbo, right? Mm-hmm. We both watched, we watched both of those. So like, we've watched a lot of Power Rangers. I have watched a lot of Power Rangers. Now, see, I did that start with C two D two when we went and saw Jason Different? No, actually, it started because. I had started watching The Clone Wars. Oh, great show. And I needed something that was background noise, but like didn't really need to pay attention to. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, let's put on Power Rangers and relive the nostalgia. And then like I just got into it again. Yeah. Except, as I said, I skipped Turbo because that's not my favorite. Although Diva Tox is one of my favorite villains. Oh, yeah. Um, Mainly because she reminds me of a drag queen. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Uh, so 100%. I love Diva Talks. Listen, Diva Talks like... even sounds like a drag queen name. She does. She does sound like a drag queen name. I think I mentioned that. I just we like a fan. It. Diva Talks. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just completely skipped that one, and I thought I stopped like when it was originally airing uh-huh. um, with In Space because I remember oh the space um, ones you know uh, Astronomer. Mm. Um, which apparently there is a new comic book that's coming out that's kind of the origins of Astronomer. Oh, okay. So that one I just found out today, which I thought was interesting, and I would definitely pick that one up. Um, the comic books, by the way, are really good. Actually, that might have been what kicked me off. Is I Because you got the up, comic books. I picked up, well, no, I picked up the um, Shatter the Grid. Yes. I have the Deluxe Shatter the Grid um, book. And I think that's what t- like kicked me back into, into Power Rangers. I wouldn't be surprised. Or maybe it was the other way around. I don't remember. There's so many. There's so, so many. many. Well, I'm basically doing the same thing I did when I was younger. Is I'm watching Lost Galaxy. I remember parts of it. Mm-hmm. And I just am not interested. Yeah, there's so many. Here's the thing. There's so many seasons and different variations of Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe there's one for everyone, but oh, there, yeah. are, there are some that are just like, I'm just like, no, thank you. And <laughs> I'm trying to get through it. I'm there's definitely... like Ninja Power, Dino Power, freaking. I know you you and Pin both like SPD. That is my, f- besides Mighty Morphin, mm-hmm. SPD is my favorite versions of Power Rangers. Yeah. So I, I just... still need to get that Morpher. You cannot find it anywhere he has one and they're like over a hundred dollars for one right now oh yeah it's crazy i'm like i just want it but just come on guys yeah re-release it already in the lightning collection (laughs) well i mean yeah well i'd pay for that if it came as an all metal Mm -hmm. an all metal one yeah i'm gonna be interested speaking of the lightning collection i'm gonna be interested to see what hasbro is going to do going forward hasbro is is hitting that nail on the head for us adults right now they have just released and something i've talked to you about um a more collectible version of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers yes. figures. Yes. They are about $99 each. But they're so worth it. And they look like the... Um, I don't want to call them knockoffs because they're not knockoffs. But they're... Not anymore. They are... There was a company called Ace Toys. Yeah. Which did a unbranded... That's what they are labeled as. Unbranded version of the power rangers in the fabric suits a lot like the hot toys right and this is kind of in response to that so as if they do very well we could be seeing more adult oriented collectibles i mean i feel that they're moving they see that we there is a there's a market for it. There is. They they can see that they're and every time they release something like this, at, for example, um, people adults buy it mm-hmm. and not for their kids. No, for themselves. So I feel like that's a thing that is going to be more. I think Hasbro mm-hmm. is going to have maybe they'll move. Well, they're already starting that with the um, Star Wars Black series. Oh my God, they're so beautiful! The the helmets, the yeah. um, Force Effects Elite lightsabers. Yeah, because I got uh, I got pinned the Luke's helmet last year mm-hmm. from that collection. Yep, and so beautiful. It has a really like real leather on the inside, mm-hmm. and like it's 
it's nice. Yeah, and they have the they just recently released the Mandalorian With helmet. The dark, yeah, and the dark saber that's coming out this year. The dark saber. I was able to pre-order oh, one. So beautiful. Um, it'll be interesting. I love that it comes with where you can take this, the 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 blade mm-hmm. off and just hit put the hilt on there. Yeah, that I, to me is a great. That's a great feature. Well, and that's one of the things I had a problem with the Force Effects lightsabers, is that there was no place to to display it no. because the blade was attached. So you have a basically thirty some inch long stick, pretty much. And as much as I liked them, I just can't i I just didn't have any place to to store it well now you can actually display the lightsaber hilts on your book bookshelf you know i have my uh my palpatine one next to my book of sith holocron right because now you don't have the the blade on there yeah because i don't have to have the blade which i just stuck in um a large vase next to my you know perfect my uh what is it umbrella Perfect place for it. <laughs> it. It really is. It's it's quite umbrella, fun. umbrella, lightsaber. <laughs> so moving on, um, I am a big book reader, and I listen to a lot of books. Um, surprisingly, this year, out of all the things that I've done, I've really listened and read a lot of books. Yeah, I mean, I've read less of some comic books, but like mm-hmm. as far as novels go, I haven't mm-hmm. really. I, you gotta be in the right mind space, I think, to like really sit down and read a novel. And I just haven't been like wanting to to engross. I've read plenty of novels in my life, just haven't been in the like. I want to sit down and read a novel. Yeah, I just there's so many that I actually like. I absolutely love. You know, uh, this year the Dresden Files oh, had yeah, two that's big for you two books that released, which are in the same story arc so it was really good that they actually released the two um back to back essentially it was it was several months in between um so you had um battleground and um peace talks i think it was peace talks then battleground Mm -hmm. but um excellent excellent story uh cannot wait for the next dresden files book uh along the same lines uh i tried to get through the fellowship of the ring oh my are you're just a glutton for punishment aren't you it's well <laughs> there's a lot about um there's a lot about that world that i just didn't know no i've read the cimmerillions which oh my god that was boring i fight me on that one i found the cimmerillions boring uh, no i I, um, I can't fight you on that i you you know my feelings about that but the one thing that i cannot stand about the book and I've been listening it to an auto, 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 auto. I've been listening it to it on an audiobook. Is I can't skip the damn songs. Oh. Like there are times, like there are like pages. It feels like pages of verses of these damn songs they sing, and it's just like, oh my god, just get over it already. Right. Um, but interestingly enough, uh, there is about fifty some years. In between when Frodo gets the ring and he leaves on his adventure. Really? Well, do halflings age slower then? No, it's the ring that makes them age slower. Oh. So remember, Bilbo still like looked super That's young. That's true, yes. Yeah, I didn't know that. Because like, in the movie, it's like, oh, Bilbo, you know that the ring affected Bilbo's aging. Yes. But yeah, there's actually supposed to be like 50 some years between when Bilbo leaves and hands over the ring and when um, he Holy leaves cow. on the adventure. I don't pay attention to this stuff because in my, as a, a wise man once said, there's only one trilogy and it is not of the ring. False. Um, let's see. One one that I do want to talk about is um, Walk Among Us, which is an audio, an audible drama based off of the Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, okay. Um, it is very good. I've only gotten through the first story. The second one doesn't really interest me that well, and I started read actually reading something else. Right. Um, but it is a very good audio drama. Is it almost like? I mean, the one audio drama that we listened to at least partly together was the the, the Sandman. Sandman one. It's Whoa. not. It's not a full, full cast. It's not a full cast. So I guess I can't call it an audio drama because that was so um, no. Wonderful. The the Sandman audio Ooh. drama is fantastic. Ooh. I am really hoping they get what's the her end name of that the first, play. The end of that first episode or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and they, they've only released like the first two books in the audio drama. They're going to release the rest. Oh, nice. But I hope they get What's-Her-Name to play Death in the Sandman show? Netflix show. Oh, I think they should. I think that most fans want her to. Yeah. And she's not really doing much. She's on TikTok. Oh, she is. Yes, she is. I will have to find her on TikTok. Yes, her, uh, her, those I've seen because she's on Instagram and Twitter as well. And so she like cross platforms. Oh but yeah. She puts her stuff on there. And they're so funny. She's hilarious. I did reread uh, Shadows of the Empire, which is a Star Wars novel. I read that. Um, interesting. I didn't really remember it the way it actually it falls, played out. Like. It falls, let's see. That in between, one, right? Yeah. That falls in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the, the Jedi. Jedi. Yes. Yes, because they're trying to find Han. Right. Um, some really weird stuff that goes on in that book. There, There's some really weird stuff. Um, highly recommend it. you meet Chewie's family, if I remember correctly. No. No? Is that another book? Because I've read a lot of Star Wars books. I don't remember reading a book where you meet Chewie's family. Yeah, because But he that has a would kid. have been well, I know he has a kid because they mentioned that in the Star Wars special. Right. The Star Wars Christmas special that I have never seen. That. I have never seen it. We don't speak about that. It's terrible. I've heard it's terrible, but I still want to see it. It's beyond terrible. Um Mark and, Hamill doesn't even like talking about it. Nobody likes talking about it, apparently. <laughs> um and then uh, another uh Jim Butcher series that I have been going through for a second or third time, I don't really remember, mm-hmm. um, is the Codex Alera. Yeah, you've talked about that a lot. Which is kind of like um Game of Thrones meets Pokemon. I want that game. I want that game all day. I just want you meet the mountain Pokeball Smash. <laughs> Well, it's so it's it's like it's Game of Thrones because there's all the political intrigue, right? But then you have this weird Pokemon aspect where you meet these spirits of the earth. So it's kind of like Pokemon meets uh, the Last Airbender. Oh, okay. Which so, I still have to watch. Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of it personally. Apparently, the second one is apparently more my speed. I don't know. I've I've tried to watch Legend of Korra. I've tried to watch um, the it's last Airbender. List. It's on my list of stuff to watch. It's it, they just don't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. People really love it, and I respect what people yeah, love. I, I'm going to give it not a try. Be for me. Yeah, I might just give it a try. But they wield these powers of nature um, called Furies. But you can have multiple of them, like Pokemon. It's super weird. But then you have like these weird, like alien-like things that appear. It's Strange. it's actually really weird, but it is a fantastic series. It is a little bit more linear, though. It definitely more of a coming of age, not as many twists and turns. So you think he wrote it for a younger generation? I don't know where he wrote it from, but I definitely you know, think authors do that sometimes. If they have like kids, and they're like, "Oh, maybe I should write a kids book." I don't. I don't or a know. Tween book, or you know what I mean, like a like a one for the younger younger kids. I don't know. I I think it would make a good TV series. Oh, yeah, I um, would. I would. Well, I mean, I've watched the original um dresden files with mm-hmm. captain lance who yeah. he will always be dresden to me yes he will always be no matter whatever he is in he will always be harry dresden to me he's perfect yeah. but um, like, there's supposedly a new series that's going to be coming out it was in the works who knows what happened with it because oh, we all know how things like um, oh it's entertainment yeah. it's, if it's not out there already it's gonna be hard to make it well at least for the next few years yeah, because apparently another one of the book series that I absolutely love, um, the Abholson series, uh, which is Sabriel, Lyriel, and Abholson, um, there was going to be a Sabriel TV series, mm. and it fell flat. Yeah, no, and uh, we we have our own theories of what should be made into shows yeah. here soon. Well, I just these worlds that they've created, especially mm. Jim Butcher, um, as well as Garth Nix, the oh, worlds that they. The worlds that they created were amazing. So vivid that I want more of I'm them. I'm still waiting for a game uh for a Wheel of Time series, which they've been talking about for forever. 
I, that's there's so many Wheel of Time books. Though. I know like, that's why it needs be like, hard. It, never, it, never a. I don't want it to be a movie because I hate when they there's oh, no, when they no. they try to condense books like, for example, the Dark Tower. Like that, yeah, mm. but like it needs a show. It does need a show. I can see it on CW. <laughs> oh no no! Don't hand it over to CW. <laughs> Not uh, after what they've been doing. Oh, I don't. I haven't watched anything from them for a very long time. I just the, I the last season I watched of Arrow was terrible, and I lost interest. No, of no the offense. Flash. No offense to the actors that are in that. It's, it started out great. I, I just I couldn't. I couldn't. I think we great. got through season two of Flash, and then it got really weird. And we were like, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> and then who knows, like. Legends of Tomorrow, I don't even know if that's still on. I don't know. That, that just was... got, like, beyond weird. Yeah, I was just like, no, I'm good. So, um, another thing, we're just going to kind of run off a couple video games. We're pretty big for us this year. Very, pretty big. Video gaming. It, it's the one thing that's really helped us kind of, like, get through. Like, our, we can't really go out mm-hmm. and explore our own world, but we can go and explore... Other worlds. Other worlds. Big One of the biggest ones for me this year... Speaking of childhood, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yes. Want to talk about crying in a video game? When I first turned on that video game, I may have cried. It was so beautiful. It was gorgeous. It gave you all the feels. The nostalgia feel was 100%. Yeah. I absolutely loved the game. I love all the things they've added to it. Um, So fluid. I don't miss the turn. I don't, I don't miss, miss the, the turn-based turn system. system. It, they made it. They made it so integrated into the into the into the game where it just like it just feels good. It just feels they, they good. Really, it felt natural. Really, and they. I think they tried to do that in the one before that with the car. The uh, the open world final was it fifteen Final Fantasy fifteen. Well, Final Fantasy Final Fantasy fifteen was the one was where the three in the party of three with three or four guys, right? Four guys in the car. That I think is when they started trying to do that kind of fighting oh, system. You're you're okay. Um, yeah, because when you said the car, I yeah, thought you in, meant you can drive around in a car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because there was Final Fantasy thir- thirteen. Yes, thirteen. Where the summons were vehicles. No, no, not that. Okay. Uh, so, this is the one where you get to like open world where you can drive around yeah. in a car. Uh, See, with Final Fantasy fifteen, I hated the way they did the summons. Yeah, me too. And um, the the fighting wasn't. It didn't feel good. It didn't. It, like they tried to do it, and I was like, I don't like this. And then they finally, I think they mastered it in Final Fantasy seven yeah. remake. And the the story was beat for beat. Mm-hmm. With a little open worldness where you can like run around, it, it hit all the it, it hit all the right checkpoints, and it just it was a per, it, it is as close to being a perfect game as you can get. I cannot wait for the next installment where we're going to be in the world, the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Me either. It's just it, that's going to be a game, and I got it for my birthday too, which was even better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember really, it took me forever to hunt down that game. It did. That was an obs- That was a tr- like an adventure for you. Yeah, like that was crazy. You know, like Best Buy and I'm like. Oh yeah, the the ordering from Best Buy and then yeah. it wasn't available. So then I had to do a refund. I had to drive about an hour away to get it. That's insane. Worth it though. It was worth it. <laughs> it's worth it though. So games like that are worth it. Uh, after that, uh, the one beside well, there's a lot of games, but uh, The Last of Us Two. You played this, I didn't. Uh, second, I think, like, number two for me on best game of the year. Hmm. It's another one of those, like, it's just going to pull on your emotions. The story is amazing. Neil Druckmann is a master of his craft. Uh, the voice acting, of course, because it's got some of my, it's got all my favorite people in it. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. If you haven't played it yet, I highly recommend it. It's a game that in it, it makes you want to play it again, and mm-hmm. I, I I believe it's a good to go through the game on just story mode and play it without any of the craziness and just enjoy the story and then give it another go through yeah uh, different uh, uh, difficulty like mm-hmm. harder difficulty and do all that, but it it feels like playing a movie yeah 
is what it really feels like. Like if there were no battle scenes and you were just going through and listening to it, I'd be okay with that. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then I actually played Final Fantasy IX. I I re-downloaded it for the PS4. That was actually surprisingly a lot harder than I remember. There's a lot of Final Fantasies that are pretty pretty difficult. That one kind of surprised me. Love the story. That's actually the first Final Fantasy that I ever played was nine. Oh wow. Um, yeah, I was introduced at round ninety eight. Okay. Um, and then ninety eight, ninety nine, and then yeah, so, uh, obviously seven. my my first. Nine is the magic one, right? Hmm. Which one is the one with the gun blade? Is that that s- is. Eight. eight okay and then the one after I, that is the one with the kind of high fantasy kind of one. yeah because okay, final yeah, yeah. fantasy 9 went back to the, the high fantasy floating wizard guy that's, yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah. um <laughs> which is kind of I, I never really thought about it yeah it is really high fantasy it kind of really is high fantasy. Um, so i just love the story it's not my favorite final fantasy right. final fantasy 10 is my favorite one that's a lot of people's favorite film. um but that one that one is more special to me because of the time in my life that it came out i really empathized with yuna as a character Mm -hmm. um and going on a little tangent here because i did actually play that this year too uh i play that at least probably once a year just to to replay it Mm because i like the story um yuna you know focusing on what she wants to do versus what is expected of her oh yeah um i think that's a theme that everybody fights with (laughs) well it is a theme that everybody fights with but like growing up in my teens and struggling with my sexuality and you know you grew up with a you know family who was really big in the church right you know do i do what is expected of me or do i do what i want to do so that move that particular game is really really um special to me and really nostalgic um, and then, of course, I played uh, Pokemon. Pokemon. Want to catch a ball? I do. You got to be the very best. Like no one ever was. <laughs> no one ever was. Um, so and I played... now we've now stuck that in everybody's ear. They're going to be like, son of a bitch. Every, every, everyone's <laughs> now singing the theme they're song. Still, they're, like, they're humming it to themselves. Yes. Um, still my favorite version of that is the, the sad Wild Reynolds version. <laughs> From yes. Detective Pikachu. I need that. <laughs> Um, so I played both Sword and Shield as well as Pokemon Moon. I tried playing that one again. I don't like the story of Moon. Mm. I think I've only... It's, I don't know if I've... I've played like one all the way through. I For some reason, Sun and Moon just seems really... This is going to sound really weird because it is designed for kids, but right. it seems really childish to me. It just seems like and the rest of it, it just seems all the other games seem a little more mature. Well, it just I feel like there's so much dialogue in Sun and Moon mm-hmm. that I I'm not enjoying it as much as oh. where with like um, Sword and Shield. Now Sword and Shield is a little bit more open world right. than all the other ones, so I think I enjoyed that one just from that aspect. But like X and Y to me seemed like it was a lot. It was a lot better story. And you're mm-hmm. able to actually just play the game right. as where I feel like with Sun and Moon is too much story, too much dialogue. They didn't strike the, ba- they didn't strike the balance. They didn't strike the balance. Yeah, like there's there's a there's a thing where like there's just enough story to make it interesting. And then there's like, wow, you guys, it's too much. Yeah. Too much. There's just way too much dialogue, in my opinion. Yeah. I think the one game that we both played was Cthulhu. Or Call of Cthulhu this year. Um, you played a little play bit of it, and then I played some. I finished the whole thing. Was that this year? Was that yeah. last year? No, this was this year. Because well, you played it on your PlayStation 4. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I I can't remember when I got the game. Maybe I did play it this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I mean, it's a good game. I don't think I ever finished it, though. No, I don't think you finished it. I, I, I had finally was like, oh, I, look at it. It's free. I'll buy it. No, I didn't finish it because I got Final Fantasy VII. Seven. <laughs> uh, I think I finished Final Fantasy VII, and then I was like, well, I need another one. They're like, oh, you should play Call of Cthulhu. And I was like, oh, let's do it. And so I, I played it all the way through, and that is a... 
That, that's a fun game. It's a fun game. It's almost like a point and click almost adventure. Yeah, it's uh, it's more of an investigative. It, it reminds me of those uh, choose your own path adventure books. Yes, like the Goosebumps mm-hmm. choose your own adventure. Oh, I love those. God. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I would say that's a pretty good like representation of uh, Lovecraft. That is definitely a good one. Now there's also a the new... Sunken City. Yeah, the Sunken City, the new. Uh, lovecraftian horror which we have not played but it is on both of our radars is on both of our radars uh i know somebody who has played it and they say it is amazing oh they say it's definitely strikes the balance between action and story you know what i really want i really want an spc foundation game i would be okay with that is it almost like pokemon we have to go out and collect them no, it would be more like Resident Evil meets... Oh, yes. Um, I'm okay with that. I just think Resident go, Evil makes meets Warehouse 13. Yeah, because you, you have to collect these you have SPCs, to, yeah. like fight against each mm-hmm. one. Yes, I would be okay with this. Although, I mean, it's... I want a show. I would love a show... About the was, SBC Foundation. If it was made by the people who do Warehouse 13, I would be okay with it. So it needs to be a sci-fi channel original, is what we're saying. Yes. <laughs> it is because, because the ter- shows are amazing. The, the movies, movies are, are terrible. terrible. The shows are always good. I feel like they make these really shitty B movies to fund their really good shows. Probably. <laughs> like, make another Sharknado. We need X amounts of millions of dollars to make another show. <laughs> Let's see. With the way that, or with the way that the SBC Foundation is written, I don't know that we could ever do anything like that, at least with them. Yeah. I mean, you, they might be able to make something similar to I it. I think they would either go on the on the, the wiki or the Reddit, the Reddit pages mm-hmm. or the people who are writing them and find the ones that they like, contact the people, try to find the people who wrote them and be like, can we use this? Or can we pay you for these stories? Yeah. And then they would be able to... or. They'll come up with wholly original stuff. I mean, they could easily. I mean, do. lots of right. I mean, really, that's what they're all just creepy pastas, right? Yeah. So I mean, they could just writers could just come up with their own SPCs, and they, mm-hmm. they'd be fine. Or SCPs, whatever. They they just come up with them alone. Well, I would be okay with this. And I mean, you could easily use like famous monsters, exactly. or cryptids, cryptids, as SPCs, exactly. And it would be awesome. And I feel like. Because, man, Sci-Fi Channel has come up with some of the best, most beloved sci-fi shows like Eureka, Warehouse 13. Like, they have some of the best. I think Amazon should do it. If, that, if Amazon did it, it would be f- super dark. Yeah. I would be okay with that. So almost like Carnival Row. Yeah, Carnival Row. Like, um, good yeah, Omens. Oh, man. Somebody needs to do it. Somebody Someone needs, needs to, to do it. it. Although be, a game would be so fun. I it would be. It would I feel like Nintendo should do it. <laughs> I'm not Nintendo. Or like what? Like Square or like I could see Sony doing it. I don't know. Square could probably do it. Make it an RPG? Well, it'd be like an RPG shooter. Like Monster Hunter or Capcom, because they do yeah. Resident Evil. So Square and Capcom together. Man, that would be... Ooh, that'd be a powerhouse. That'd be powerhouse. I'd be okay with that. Man, that would I be... I guess Monster Hunter would probably be a better... It's very, very... It feels like it would be a very Monster Hunter, kind of like you're mm-hmm. going out there capturing these things. Yeah. Oh, I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That'd be up my wheelhouse for games. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah, there's been some bad games this year. Woo! Woo! I'm playing one right now. It's not... Oh. Is it really that bad? Okay. So, if you know what I'm talking about, uh, CD Projekt Red's uh, Cyberpunk 2077. So, the story is awesome. Some of the aspects of the game are amazing. You want to talk about a lesson on what not to do as far as video games go? Yeah, this is this is it. The one thing I've heard is, is it. it feels rushed. Oh, yeah. And I f- it, if they were like... Hey, we're really sorry because they've been pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back. We're like, mm-hmm. sorry, guys, it's just not ready. We're just going to push it back. And everybody's like, fine. 
You guys make great games. The Witcher is an amazing series, and we are fine with this. If they were like, sorry, guys, we need another year, we would have been like, okay, fine. We know that your company is has a benchmark for making fantastic games, mm-hmm. and we'll wait for something that's perfect. But instead, it feels like somebody was like, we've waited too long. There's too much money involved in this. You need to put it out now. And they yeah. were forced, forced to put it out. And it's, it just, it just flopped. It's just, it, they were like, when it first was made and announced, it was supposed to be backwards compatible on older generations of systems and consoles. And now they put it out and they're like, we're, we're sorry, but this game is only going to work best on the new generation of consoles or high end PCs. Ugh. So basically, there's what they said to you is like you either buy, spend five hundred dollars and buy a new generation Xbox, whatever Series X or mm-hmm. PlayStation Five, or build yourself a computer for thousands of dollars, and then you can play this game, mm-hmm. or deal with all the bugs and crap that came out with with on the older generation of now I'm playing I'm playing on an Xbox that is one generation behind the newest ones mm-hmm. and I still deal with crazy crap so interestingly enough I saw someone on TikTok actually make a good point about everyone rushing out and getting the new ps5 and the new xbox they're like why don't you wait a year till they work out all the bugs yes and then go get one and i'm like actually that's a very valid point point. like i my thing is if i didn't just move to this new the xbox s or xbox one x or whatever it is um I would have, I would, I would go get another, a new Xbox. Like if it craps out on me, yeah, I'll go get one. But I'm not gonna pay five hundred dollars. It's crazy. And now with all the bugs and stuff that are in it, and yeah. even now, Pin has a brand new Xbox Series X. There's still an insane amount of bugs. There are people who are playing it on a, a huge made PCs. They're dealing with bugs. So mm-hmm. there's bugs across the board. This game is just not ready. It's yeah. not. It was not. It was not ready for prime time. No. And they're, they've lost a billion dollars of worth as a company. Oof. And not only that, their investors are suing them now. Oh, that's lovely. So the rumor mill of this could possibly be their last game is, is highly likely. Which is terrible because now... It's not really it's... their fault. There's stories of the company with a company that has developers half as less as Bethesda. Working twice the amount, mm-hmm. overtime, 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 overtime. They're treating their developers like crap. They're trying the best that they can do to put out a game that's supposed to be game changing. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it it didn't. It literally came out, and it was just like just a pile of poo poo. To put it calmly, like I play it because I like it. It's a fun game. It's like seventy-five to eighty-five percent fun. But then there's this point where you get into a glitch and you're like, you just want to throw your controller through the TV screen. Well, I know that with a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, like I can't play the Assassin's Creed games because I just, I, I almost, I think it was like the second or f- first or second, I think it was the second one. I played all of Assassin's Creed 1, mm-hmm. got all the way through. I played the second one and I, like the second hour in, I was like, I almost threw my controller. Wow. I was like, I can't do this. Well, that's our uh, episode for the week. Uh, what are some of the your favorite things this year? What are some of the things that made you happy? Go ahead and give us a, a shout over at uh, O Midnight Roll on Twitter and Instagram. And next week, we're going to talk to Dan- Dr. Daniel Jackson about the Stargate program. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at O Midnight Roll. Also, feel free to like, rate, and review us wherever podcasts are located. Until next time, good morning and memento mori.